Section four of the Lay of the Last Minstrel by Sir Walter Scott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Lay of the Last Minstrel, Canto third. One. And said I that my limbs were old, and said I that my blood was cold, and that my kindly fire was fled, and my poor withered heart was dead, and that I might not sing of love. How could I to the dearest theme that ever warmed a minstrel's dream so foul, so false a recreant prove? How could I name love's very name, nor wake my heart to notes of flame? 2. In peace love tunes the shepherd's reed, in war he mounts the warrior's steed, in halls in gay attire is seen, in hamlets dances on the green love rules the court the camp the grove and men below and saints above for love is heaven and heaven is love three so thought lord cranston as i ween while pondering deep the tender scene he rode through branksome's hawthorn green but the page shouted wild and shrill and scarce his helmet could he don when downward from the shady hill a stately knight came pricking on that warrior's steed so dapple grey was dark with sweat and splashed with clay his armour red with many a stain he seemed in such a weary plight as if he had ridden the livelong night for it was william of deloraine four but no whit weary did he seem when dancing in the sunny beam he marked the crane on the baron's crest for his ready spear was in his rest few were the words and stern and high that marked the foeman's feudal hate for question fierce and proud reply gave signal soon of dire debate their very courses seemed to know that each was other's mortal foe and snorted fire when wheeled around to give each knight his vantage ground five in rapid round the baron bent he sighed a sigh and prayed a prayer the prayer was to his patron saint the sigh was to his lady fair stout deloraine nor sighed nor prayed nor saint nor lady called to aid but he stooped his head and couched his spear and spurred his steed to full career the meeting of these champions proud seemed like the bursting thunder-cloud six stern was the dint the borderer lent the stately baron backwards bent bent backwards to his horse's tail and his plumes went scattering on the gale the tough ash spear so stout and true into a thousand flinders flew but cranston's lance of more avail pierced through like silk the borderer's mail through shield and jack and acton passed deep in his bosom broke at last still sat the warrior saddle fast till stumbling in the mortal shock down went the steed the girthing broke hurled on a heap lay man and horse the baron onward passed his course nor knew so giddy rolled his brain his foe lay stretched upon the plain seven but when he reined his course around and saw his foeman on the ground lie senseless as the bloody clay he bade his page to stanch the wound and there beside the warrior stay 
and tend him in his doubtful state and lead him to branksome castle gate his noble mind was inly moved for the kinsman of the maid he loved this shalt thou do without delay no longer here myself may stay unless the swifter i speed away short shrift will be at my dying day eight away in speed lord cranston rode the goblin page behind abode his lord's command he ne'er withstood though small his pleasure to do good as the corslet off he took the dwarf espied the mighty book much he marvelled a knight of pride like a book-bosomed priest should ride he thought not to search or stanch the wound until the secret he had found nine the iron band the iron clasp resisted long the elfin grasp for when the first he had undone it closed as he the next begun those iron clasps that iron band would not yield to unchristianed hand till he smeared the cover o'er with the borderer's curdled gore a moment then the volume spread and one short spell therein he read it had much of glamour might could make a lady seem a knight the cobwebs on a dungeon wall seem tapestry in lordly hall a nutshell seem a gilded barge a shilling seem a palace large and youth seem age and age seem youth all was delusion naught was truth ten he had not read another spell when on his cheek a buffet fell so fierce it stretched him on the plain beside the wounded deloraine from the ground he rose dismayed and shook his huge and matted head one word he muttered and no more man of age thou smitest sore no more the elfin page durst try into the wondrous book to pry the clasps though smeared with christian gore shut faster than they were before he hid it underneath his cloak now if you ask who gave the stroke i cannot tell so might i thrive it was not given by man alive eleven unwillingly himself he addressed to do his master's high behest he lifted up the living course and laid it on the weary horse he led him into branksome hall before the beards of the warders all and each did after swear and say there only passed a wain of hay he took him to lord david's tower even to the lady's secret bower and but that stronger spells were spread and the door might not be opened he had laid him on her very bed whate'er he did of grammarie was always done maliciously he flung the warrior on the ground and the blood welled freshly from the wound twelve as he repassed the outer court he spied the fair young child at sport he thought to train him to the wood for at a word be it understood he was always for ill and never for good seemed to the boy some comrade gay led him forth to the woods to play on the drawbridge the warders stout saw a terrier and a lurcher passing out thirteen he led the boy o'er bank and fell until they came to a woodland brook the running stream dissolved the spell and his own elvish shape he took 
could he have had his pleasure viled he had crippled the joints of the noble child or with his fingers long and lean had strangled him in fiendish spleen but his awful mother he had in dread and also his power was limited so he but scowled on the startled child and darted through the forest wild the woodland brook he bounding crossed and laughed and shouted lost 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 fourteen full sore amazed at the wondrous change and frightened as a child might be at the wild yell and visage strange and the dark words of grammarie the child amidst the forest bower stood rooted like a lily flower and when at length with trembling pace he sought to find where branksome lay he feared to see that grisly face glare from some thicket on his way thus startling oft he journeyed on and deeper in the wood is gone for i the more he sought his way the farther still he went astray until he heard the mountains round ring to the baying of a hound fifteen and hark and hark the deep-mouthed bark comes nigher still and nigher bursts on the path a dark bloodhound his tawny muzzle tracked the ground and his red eye shot fire soon as the wilded child saw he he flew at him right furiously i ween you would have seen with joy the bearing of the gallant boy when worthy of his noble sire his wet cheek glowed twixt fear and ire he faced the bloodhound manfully and held his little bat on high so fierce he struck the dog afraid at cautious distance hoarsely bayed but still in act to spring when dashed an archer through the glade and when he saw the hound was stayed he drew his tough bowstring but a rough voice cried shoot not hoy ho shoot not edward tis a boy sixteen the speaker issued from the wood and checked his fellow's surly mood and quelled the band-dog's ire he was an english yeoman good and born in lancashire well could he hit a fallow deer five hundred feet him fro with hand more true and eye more clear no archer bended bow his coal-black hair shorn round and close set off his sunburned face old england's sign st george's cross his barret cap did grace his bugle-horn hung by his side all in a wolfskin baldric tied and his short falchion sharp and clear had pierced the throat of many a deer seventeen his kirtle made of forest green reached scantly to his knee and at his belt of arrows keen a furbished sheaf bore he his buckler scarce in breadth a span no larger fence had he he never counted him a man would strike below the knee his slackened bow was in his hand and the leash that was his bloodhound's band eighteen he would not do the fair child harm but held him with his powerful arm that he might neither fight nor flee for when the red cross spied he the boy strove long and violently now by st george the archer cries edward methinks we have a prize this boy's fair face and courage free show he is come of high degree nineteen yes i am come of high degree for i am the heir of bold buccleuch and if thou dost not set me free false southron thou shalt dearly rue for walter of harden shall come with speed and william of deloraine good at need and every scot from esk to tweed 
and if thou dost not let me go despite thy arrows and thy bow i'll have thee hanged to feed the crow twenty gramercy for thy good will fair boy my mind was never set so high but if thou art chief of such a clan and art the son of such a man and ever comest to thy command our wardens had need to keep good order my bow of you to a hazel wand thou'lt make them work upon the border meantime be pleased to come with me for good lord dacre shalt thou see i think our work is well begun when we have taken thy father's son twenty one although the child was led away in branksome still he seemed to stay for so the dwarf his part did play and in the shape of that young boy he wrought the castle much annoy the comrades of the young Buclou he pinched and beat and overthrew nay some of them he well nigh slew he tore dame Maudlin's silken tire and as sim hall stood by the fire he lighted the match of his bandolier and woefully scorched the hackbeteer it might be hardly thought or said the mischief that the urchin made till many of the castle guessed that the young baron was possessed twenty two well i ween the charm he held the noble lady had soon dispelled but she was deeply busied then to tend the wounded deloraine much she wondered to find him lie on the stone threshold stretched along she thought some spirit of the sky had done the bold moss trooper wrong because despite her precept dread perchance he in the book had read but the broken lance in his bosom stood and it was earthly steel and wood twenty three she drew the splinter from the wound and with a charm she stanched the blood she bade the gash be cleansed and bound no longer by his couch she stood but she has ta'en the broken lance and washed it from the clotted gore and salved the splinter o'er and o'er william of deloraine in trance whene'er she turned it round and round twisted as if she galled his wound then to her maidens she did say that he should be whole man and sound within the course of a night and day full long she toiled for she did rue mishap to friend so stout and true twenty four so passed the day the evening fell twas near the time of curfew bell the air was mild the wind was calm the stream was smooth the dew was balm in the rude watchman on the tower enjoyed and blessed the lovely hour far more fair margaret loved and blessed the hour of silence and of rest on the high turret sitting lone she waked at times the lute's soft tone touched a wild note and all between thought of the bower of hawthorns green her golden hair streamed free from band her fair cheek rested on her hand her blue eyes sought the west afar for lovers love the western star twenty five is yon the star or pencrist pen that rises slowly to her ken and spreading broad its wavering light shakes its loose tresses on the night is yon red glare the western star oh tis the beacon blaze of war scarce could she draw her tightened breath for well she knew the fire of death twenty six 
the warder viewed it blazing strong and blew his war note loud and long till at the high and haughty sound rock wood and river rung around the blast alarmed the festal hall and startled forth the warriors all far downward in the castle yard full many a torch and cresset glared and helms and plumes confusedly tossed were in the blaze half seen half lost and spears in wild disorder shook like reeds beside a frozen brook twenty seven the seneschal whose silver hair was reddened by the torches glare stood in the midst with gesture proud and issued forth his mandates loud on pencrist grows a bale of fire and three are kindling on priestos wire ride out ride out the foe to scout mount mount for bransome every man thou todrig warn the johnston clan that ever are true and stout he need not send to liddesdale for when they see the blazing bale elliot's and armstrong's never fail ride alton ride for death and life and warn the warder of the strife young gilbert let our beacon blaze our kin and clan and friends to raise twenty eight fair margaret from the turret head heard far below the coursers tread while loud the harness rung as to their seats with clamour dread the ready horsemen sprung and trampling hoofs and iron coats and leaders voices mingled notes and out and out in hasty route the horsemen galloped forth dispersing to the south to scout and east and west and north to view their coming enemies and warn their vassals and allies twenty nine the ready page with hurried hand awaked the need-fire's slumbering brand and ruddy blushed the heaven for a sheet of flame from the turret high waved like a blood-flag on the sky all flaring and uneven and soon a score of fires i ween from height and hill and cliff were seen each with warlike tidings fraught each from each the signal caught each after each they glanced to sight as stars arise upon the night they gleamed on many a dusky tarn haunted by the lonely arn on many a cairn's grey pyramid where urns of mighty chiefs lie hid till high Dunedin the blazes saw from Saltra and Dumpenda law and Lothian heard the regent's order that all should bone them for the border thirty the livelong night in Branksome rang the ceaseless sound of steel the castle bell with backward clang sent forth the larum peal was frequent heard the heavy jar where massy stone and iron bar were piled on echoing keep and tower to whelm the foe with deadly shower was frequent heard the changing guard and watchword from the sleepless ward while wearied by the endless din bloodhound and bandog yelled within thirty one the noble dame amid the broil shared the grey seneschal's high toil and spoke of danger with a smile cheered the young knights and council sage held with the chiefs of riper age no tidings of the foe were brought nor of his numbers knew they aught nor what in time of truce he sought some said that there were thousands ten and others weened that it was naught but leven clans or tyndale men who came to gather in black mail and liddesdale with small avail might drive them lightly back again so passed the anxious night away and welcome was the peep of day ceased the high sound 
the listening throng applaud the master of the song and marvel much in helpless age so hard should be his pilgrimage had he no friend no daughter dear his wandering toil to share and cheer no son to be his father's stay and guide him on the rugged way ay once he had but he was dead upon the harp he stooped his head and busied himself the strings withal to hide the tear that fain would fall in solemn measure soft and slow arose a father's notes of woe end of canto third